Good morning and welcome. My name is Jenna Ribbons. I'm joined by my partner, Jeffrey Ray. Good morning. And we're here today to tell you a little story about how this amazing business we started came to be. And eventually we'll get to how we can help all of our listeners out there. Jeff, tell me a little bit about how all of this came to be and why we're here today. Well, what Jenna is talking about is a little mediation practice we started called Signature Solutions Group. And uh, Jenna and I are the founding members of that group, which has grown to, what do we have, five mediators now? Six. Six mediators. Um, August 2021, in the middle of the pandemic, I was sitting at my lake house, isolated from the world, but having to sign up for a Zoom training because my mediation uh, certification requires uh, periodic uh, educational uh, insertion or whatever you want to call it, training. So I signed up for a Zoom training and going to do it from the lake. And I'd also, from Lansing at our local community dispute center where I worked at the time, also needed to do my update training to keep my credentials up to date. And I signed up for the same training. Never actually meeting or knowing Jeff other than his name in the legal community. So we ended up on the Zoom with uh, a trainer and one other mediator who now is part of our group as well, uh, Terry Doxey. And um, we conducted our training that day. It must have lasted several hours. I don't know how many hours, maybe the whole day. I don't remember now, but I was impressed with the with Jenna and her um, her moniker she started with, which was instead of calling herself by her name, she said the world's most okayest mediator. That caught my attention, and um, I'm not sure why you did that that day. Do you know even looking back? Well, I'd gotten used to using Zoom because in the COVID world, with mediations and courts and everything using Zoom, I had gotten so used to the no offense to the people out there in the Zoom world, the boring, mundane, daily Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so's name appearing um, on the screen and decided, well, we're in a training. There's only a few of us. Let's shake things up a little. Um, I thought world's most okayest mediator would get a laugh maybe, but also goes to the humility and honesty I live by. Uh, there's so much more I can learn about the craft that I love so much. And if I go by the world's best mediator, I mean, gosh means I must know everything and I sure don't so I figured I'd go with world's most okayest mediator see if we could you know break any tensions or meet each other over a laugh guess it worked well we laughed and we learned and we both got certified Um, during the process of that zoom uh, became very clear that Jen and I had a um, curiosity about the craft as she put it and certainly a dedication to it and her and I were busy evaluating each other during that training session uh, in terms of our, I guess, our skills and our outlook on life and a lot of things. And so uh, as it ended that day in August, um, I believe it was that night or the next day that I, I actually had a vision. You know, whether it's a daydream or a night dream or this, that, or the other thing, it was definitely a vision. The vision I had was... I was going to approach Jenna, who uh, impressed the heck out of me, even though I 
barely knew her and only met her the day before on Zoom. Of course, her and I knew each other in sort of by name through the center because I volunteered there and she worked there and volunteered there. And we probably ran into each other in mediations or in the hallway or something. I don't know. But my, my thinking is I just met her the day before and I had this vision. And the vision was Jen and I were going to mediate, create a mediation group and try to help solve the world's conflicts and not necessarily limit that to traditional you know litigation lawsuit kind of things but expand that idea into sort of a world view of why can't we bring more peace to the world so i asked jenna and i told her i had a vision she must have thought i was crazy i guess not um what did you think jenna well, I did think you were crazy, but I thought it was a great idea, and I'm a dreamer, so figured all great businesses, all great endeavors start with a vision, a dream, being focused and setting your sights on something important. So she was open to it. I was, and Cup, I am. A couple of dreamers. Um, what were we, swimming in a fishbowl, something yeah. like that? Anyway, uh, so we got together and started thinking about how this was going to look and ultimately ended up forming a little group called Signature Solutions Group and um, started developing an idea about how we would approach mediation and how we could be different and what could we do to help solve the world's problems. Um, and that has evolved now into uh, a practice. A full-blown group of, like we said, six individuals that are working together to get people to talk, try to work through their disputes in so many different facets of life. And, you know, with attorneys here on staff, with great mediators, um, you know, try to keep people out of court, try to keep them in control of their own dispute resolution process. So in terms of the group, forming the group is the easy part. We have a website, and that website organizes some of our thoughts and our um, qualifications. Both of us have been to law school. Uh, Jenna's waiting to take the bar exam. I've been practicing for a while now in the civil arena. Uh, Jenna has an enormous amount of mediation practice under her belt, hundreds of cases actually. Uh, she is one of the most experienced mediators I've ever seen, and uh, that was attractive to me. And so, you know, let's talk about the marketing, what we've done to market this practice. Well, we've started by trying to attend different community-based events, different events for judges for re-election, things like that. We've tried to let people know what we're doing. We've mailed things out to individuals saying, hey, we started this great little practice here in Lansing. We're the only one we know of of its kind, and we want to help. We recently um, volunteered our weekend to judge at a moot court competition and to talk with those young rising stars in their various schools and communities about what we're doing, about how we believe in the power of communication and talking to one another and uh, how the mediation bug should spread. I also took a lot of time to study recently and complete my legal master's in dispute resolution at Pepperdine and was lucky enough to meet great attorneys and dispute resolvers all over the country. 
and let them know what we're doing. Some of them are so enthralled with it that they're on our website or our LinkedIn page reading through these great ideas. So trying to spread the word, figure out how else we can get involved with the community, launch some communication clinics if we can, get involved with the local theater groups and companies like that to see what we can do to help. Along the way, we've talked to judges and people who run the courts and lawyers and and non-lawyers and situations where... Uh, conflict arises in the schools, for instance, in uh, in business settings, uh, amongst boards of directors, uh, neighborhood groups. I mean, there's a lot of conflict out there, people, and uh, not a lot of folks have any ideas how to resolve them. They know how to get on uh, social media and, and rail about this or that or the other thing, but that just increases the conflict. So when it comes to mediation, how does that come into all this? Well, in my experience, when there's disputes, you know, there's people throwing stones at each other out on the playground as kids. That translates into adults throwing words at one another, slighting one another out, you know, in their neighborhood, if that's where the dispute is. And then sometimes that evolves into filing small claims lawsuits or full-fledged litigation over somebody's fence being too far on a property line or whatever the important uh, situation is. Mediation comes into play when people want to resolve their disputes but maybe don't want to deal with the delays that the traditional court process brings into play. Or they want to be in control of their own process. They don't want a judge or somebody that barely knows them making a decision for them in their case. Huh? Mediation really comes from the courts. I mean, I mean, well, although there are other avenues, things called restorative justice, which have been around for decades, uh, the mediation idea and the way we got certified had to do with court processes. Yes. And the way that works is someone files a lawsuit against somebody else or some company, and <clears throat> sooner or later, uh, uh, mediation comes into play either by order of the court or by agreement of the parties. What is mediation? What, why is, what does that mean when, when people mediate? So mediation means, like you said, a voluntary or court-ordered you know, situation where individuals get to sit down and talk to one another with a trained, like you or I, mediator, a facilitator. What we do is we lay down the groundwork, the roadmap, as we like to call it, for these individuals to have a conversation that's focused on resolving their issues, the issues that they've laid out in intake and in prior discussions, and keeping the focus on resolving those problems with the two of them working together, the three of them, however large the group is, ultimately coming up with an agreement, a way they can continue to work moving forward, fostering stronger relationships and communication moving forward, and following that agreement to the point that the conflict becomes resolved. So generally what people that are filing lawsuits against each other or if you're in the domestic arena filing a divorce complaint, they're generally not seeing eye to eye. Right. And they might not even be communicating. Or not communicating effectively or in a, a focused way. And how do, we, how do we as mediators, for instance, the mediation doesn't happen in court, does it? 
Not the way we do it. How do we do it? The way we do it is we get in touch with the parties or the people get in touch with us and say, hey, I'm, I'm having a dispute. I'd like to try to resolve it. The next thing we do is we contact the person they're having the dispute with and say, hey, do you want to come in and sit down and try to work through this dispute that you're having? Once everyone agrees to do that, we do what we call an intake, where we speak with the parties individually, privately, and confidentially. And we speak with them about what's been going on from their perspective. Get a clear picture. We do that with both sides. And from there, we build a roadmap. And the roadmap leads right to either, what, a Zoom proceeding or... In-person. In-person proceeding. So it, it allows these discussions to take place either in person or on Zoom, whatever the parties are comfortable with. Sometimes they're at a place where they don't even feel like they are comfortable in the same room with one another, and that's okay. But as mediators, I mean, we're not acting as lawyers. We're not nope. advocating a certain position. Nope. Uh, we're not actually evaluating the claims that people have or the disputes. We're not saying, hey, you sound like you're right and you, hey, you don't have a clue. We don't do that. No, our job is to be the neutrals, the person that sits down to listen to both sides, to validate and understand the feelings of both sides. And we get people to talk to each other. That's the hope, or at least to talk to us. And if they need to communicate through us, we can help do that. And sometimes... That's what you need to start, a relationship of communication. If they can communicate through us, because they may have trouble doing that with one another, that's okay. We're here to help with that too. And when they're in the process of mediation, facilitated mediation in the way that you've described, that is uh, kind of an off-the-record kind of deal, isn't it? It's, isn't it confidential? Well, that's the great part. You know, if you go to court in this day and age, especially after covid Everything's on YouTube. You can see your neighbor's dispute in court being fought out with one another. Mediation's different. Mediation, you get to keep it private between the two of you. The court doesn't know anything other than that an agreement was or wasn't reached. And if there was one reached, a judge can have a copy of that agreement and only that agreement. Nothing else is shared. In fact, that's one of the ironclad rules of mediation the confidentiality that comes with the process. And why? Because that encourages people to speak freely. It's a lot harder in court because it's public, all of it. When you throw whatever rock you want to throw in court or your ju- or your attorney does or whatever, that's all public. You can't take it back. So we keep the dispute off the record, confidential. We encourage people to speak freely and safely in a controlled environment that we create. Absolutely. We create with their help. We address any safety concerns they may have. We provide the spaces, whether that's one person on Zoom, one person in the office, so that everyone feels safe and and like they're in a trusted space. And as we're facilitating those communication and those new ideas or old ideas uh, to reach a settlement, um, the settlement, if one is reached, an agreement is enforceable just like a contract. That's right. You write up a mediation agreement is what, what we often call it, but it's, it is. It's It's a contract that the court can enforce. 
And what do you say to people, you know, I've heard it a million times in my practice, and I'm sure you've heard it before, too, uh, in all your mediation experience. And they say something like, well, I just want to have my day in court. I want to talk to the judge. I want the judge to hear my side. How do you talk to those people and encourage them to talk in the mediation uh, arena environment? Uh, what What is different? Well, I, I always just try to be realistic. You know, I tell them, look, if you're interested in going in front of Judge Smith, I encourage you, go online and look at their docket. See how many cases Judge Smith hears in one day. A and see if you still feel like Judge Smith has the time to hear you, all of you, and everything you need to say in that amount of time. Because I've sat in a lot of those courtrooms as a law student and even after as a mediator. And I can tell you from experience, if you'd like to know, I always ask the parties if they want to know. Everyone's at, said yes so far. What I've seen. What I've seen are judges that listen to each side for a few moments. Unfortunately, they don't have a lot of time. They have very busy, backed-up dockets. And they make a decision. And you may not get anything you want in that day in court that you wanted so badly. You may get nothing. You may get some of what you wanted. But then I ask them, wouldn't you rather just have control of that process, not somebody that doesn't really know you? So when they go to the court, not to pick on old John Smith, the judge that doesn't exist, but <laughs> we know his docket is full. And we know that since the pandemic, I hate to use that as an excuse, but it's true, the pandemic affected how we practice and what we do. The dockets are overloaded. The time is limited. And Judge Smith could be the greatest judge in the world, but only has a limited period of time to listen to your problem. That's right. right. And we are huge supporters of this judicial system and how hard these judges and lawyers are working because it is not easy. So we want to make it easier on everybody. And so in the mediation practice, there's no time limit. No. Nope. I mean, these things could go on for days and have. Absolutely. In fact, sometimes there's complicated disputes that we say, hey, why don't we set aside two or three dates that we know everybody's available. So if we need two days to talk through this, we have it. But what you're suggesting here is a system that has limited resources and limited ability to meet the needs of the people before them, despite good intentions, uh, and an evaluation system that only has that is based on that limited information. So I'm, if I'm hearing your story, I'm probably listening to 5% of it, and then I'm making a decision, and those decisions impact you. Absolutely. And your wallet and your children, if you're in a, a domestic situation, and your whole future. Absolutely. So when you talk about regaining control, you really mean it. Yeah. I mean that if there's, like you mentioned a divorce situation, if there's a mother and father of some children that went through a divorce or just got a, a schedule put in front of them by the friend of the court that maybe doesn't work in reality. They can go, gosh, we, we just need help reorganizing this schedule. We can do that. They are in control of that. They come to us and say, this works for me, for mom, this works for dad. How do we work together to put together something that works for us and our children? And at the end of the day, the control means the clients manage their own out and 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 uh, find their own outcome. They create their own solution. Create their own solution, and gee, they usually feel better about that, right? In my experience, 
I mean, recently um, I was involved in a case where we needed to reorganize some parenting time. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? That's an interesting situation you found yourself in. I did. Um, the friend of the court created a, a schedule based on the knowledge they had. The hardworking individuals had knowledge from both parents and put together a parenting time schedule. In practice, it meant these parents had to meet up four times like a week to swap their child back and forth. And was that a young child in that case? It was a young child. And those parents said, well, in practice, this, this schedule's not working It's for a nightmare. Us. They're in a car all the time. And an, a small child being one day here, one day here, two days here, one day here. You know, friend of the court did their very best to come up with a schedule they thought would be workable. But in practice, when you start using these schedules and putting them into play, you realize they may not work. Well, and the reality of it is a friend of the court does their little investigative uh, meeting with people, which is very informal and and not altogether unpleasant. But nevertheless, they have limited time, limited resources. They come up with the best idea they can. They It looks good. And guess what? Who signed off on it? The judge, right? Mm -hmm. The judge, we assume, read that order, but maybe, maybe not. Signed it, became an order of the court. Now these people are stuck transporting their child, a young child, four or five times a week. They're in the car all the time doing their parenting. Yep. That didn't work for either one of them, did it? No. So I sat down with them and said, hey, what would work for each of you? They kind of put together some ideas on a blank calendar of all things. And they came back with these blank calendars that they had filled in, and lo and behold... They were actually thinking very similarly. Something lined up. Something lined up that they created on their own, mm -hmm. that they came up with. And then it actually became about communicating. They were able to communicate through the issues they were both having with that schedule together. And as I recall in that story uh, experience, those two young parents weren't exactly hitting it off too well. Uh, as I understand it, they had just split up. Uh, one of them had remarried quickly and involved the new spouse in the whole proceeding. So it was, it was a risky situation, and no one was talking. Nope. And they both had some things they needed to say. They had some errors, you know, some grieves to error and, and some stuff to get out, and they did. And but so we were in a safe, controlled situation. And that as a result of that agreement, uh, a couple of things happened, correct me if I'm wrong. Not only did they learn or begin to build a foundation of co-parenting, correct? Correct. Not only did they solve their problem without a lot of legal fees. Yep. They took it back from the judge and created their own destiny. Yes, they did. And guess what? Guess who's better off for that? The little one that's involved. That little one. Mm-hmm. They'll know, they'll never know what their parents what you know what what her parents did to create that, but they are going to be better parents for it, and that is an example, a really good one, of how mediation can intervene in the middle of a crisis and solve it and create a better outcome for the future for all involved. In fact, those parents and other parents have said to me in the past, "Gosh, this schedule that works for this infant child, woo." That might not work when they're in school or when they have sports. And I tell them, well, the beauty is, come on back to me in a couple of years. Yeah. And we'll see what we can work on that 
will be in the best interest of your child's new developing schedule and life because they are always changing. Always changing. The kids always have different things going on with school and extracurricular activities and sports and, you know, who knows? It's, it's, it's endless. So good example of how a mediation process can work uh, in a controlled environment in a situation where uh, actually it was headed for a different outcome. Well, not only did we save these parents from litigation, but interestingly enough, and this leads me into another piece of the beauty of mediation, one of those parents didn't have a lawyer. Because in the state of Michigan, you don't have to have one for a divorce or to work through disputes related to your divorce. The other parent did have a lawyer. So we were able to help both of them. And it just goes to show that Maybe you don't always need one of those really expensive attorneys. Well, that's a good segue into a future podcast that Jenna, Jen and I are going to do about um, uh, <laughs> taking care of business with, without a lawyer. Is it possible? How do you do it? What are the pros and cons and so forth? But for now, uh, let's go back to Signature Solutions, this mediation group we formed. What kind of disputes can, we re- can that group resolve? Oh, goodness. I, I like to say the possibilities are endless. But, I mean, we can work on, like you heard, parenting time disputes, family law issues, divorces, separation, just general parenting time communication even, estate planning issues, elder care, labor disputes, you know, union disputes, wrongful termination, multicultural disputes, real estate, condo associations, personal industry. In, in uh, excuse me, injury, insurance issues, educational discrimination issues, Title IX issues, the, the possibilities are endless. Gosh, our state even has specific training in agriculture issues. So you can mediate so many different types of disputes. So what about the cost involved with mediation? I know when you get a lawyer, you usually pay them by the hour, you pay them a, f- pay them a flat fee, it can be several thousands of dollars to get things going, and then along the way, more. How does mediation work? Well, procedurally, through the courts, there are these registries with mediators on them, and some of them are attorneys and some are not, and their fees are up there, and some charge $500 an hour, some charge $200 an hour, and oftentimes judges will say, hey, pick somebody off the registry, or I order it to this group or this place. Um, We've structured things a little bit differently. What we've done is our mediators um, get to work with the the individuals, the parties, to figure out how complex the case is, what aspects of the case we can help on, and they assess and determine a fee based on that, along with the parties, again, because they control the process. So a fee is determined and agreed to, whatever that is. Some, Some of our mediators may say, well, gosh, there's 19 people involved in this dispute, and There's a lot of pieces to it. It could take days and days. There's attorneys involved. Well, maybe we can do it for $200 an hour. Or some may say, well, this is a legal services case where parties are having trouble paying for some of these services. How about $50 an hour? We have the flexibility and the resources to do that because we genuinely, our entire group, wants to help. And since most of uh, the mediation work obviously is related to court proceedings, and we can talk in a future podcast about some other ideas we have in our group about solving conflict, 
as I alluded to earlier. What can you can you speak to the uh, issue of when when mediation takes place? I know you know from my own experience. Somebody files a complaint. You go to court or have a proceeding with the judge. A judge orders them to mediation. Somewhere down the line. People want to do discovery, which means finding out what the other side's got in terms of facts and evidence. That can cost a lot of money. And then later mediation happens. But from the mediator's point of view, from your point of view, Jenna, when is a good time for mediation to take place? As early as possible. As soon as you feel a dispute arising or you recognize or you know, things start transpiring in that way, you can mediate your case. You don't even have to have it filed with the court yet. You can do it what we call pre-file mediation. So before a lawsuit is filed, you could at least say to the other person, hey, I'm thinking of filing a lawsuit. Clearly this dispute is getting out of hand between us. Do you want to sit down and talk about it? Or you can call our office or email us, and we'll reach out to the other person and say, hey, John Smith got in touch with us and said "There's a, the two of you are having a dispute. John Smith really wants to work it out. Would you be willing to come in and, and talk to us and try to work out that dispute without going to court, without having to pay for the filing fees and waiting on the court and possibly hiring attorneys and dragging all of this out? Yeah, from my point of view, uh, you know, I like to know things, but I've seen those facts unfold to the extent they need to in mediation. And really, all they have to do is unfold enough for the people to talk about it and settle it. So I'm a big fan of uh, early mediation, a big fan of saving tons of money over legal proceedings and lawyer fees. And why wait to resolve your conflict if you can do it sooner rather than later? Well, that's why I, I think it's important people understand it's, there's pre-file mediation. You don't even have to have an active lawsuit sitting and waiting on an overloaded docket to be heard. So if people are interested in uh, hiring Signature Solutions Group, they can go to our website, which mm -hmm. is sigsolutionsgroup.com. That's right. They can go to our website. In fact, on our website, they can go to the section on our website where they can learn about us, and they'll click on the About section, and they can pick and choose what mediator they like based on the bios that are posted, the pictures. Gosh, they, they could say, well, I, I've got a religious dispute at my church or my religious organization, and we have an excellent, highly trained mediator in our group that handles those types of disputes specifically and has a lot of experience in that area. Then go on our website. They can even contact us on our website and say, hey, we saw you've got this great mediator. We're interested in sitting down and talking with them. And then our mediator will reach out and start working with those individuals to plan and schedule what path they would like to take moving forward. So we also have an email, hello at sigsolutionsgroup.com. Yep. Pretty simple. And the phone number, 517-908-9741. We're, we're in Lansing, but uh, we're not limited by ge geography alone. And uh, now that we're in a Zoom world... Um, we got contacted last week by a California group that wanted us to mediate something. And uh, we're all over the place, and we want to help you guys. So, hey, go to our website. Give us a call uh, if you have a conflict, if you're having trouble resolving it. If you would just like to improve your communication skills or whatever your goal is, uh, we're here to help. 
And uh, we thank you for listening to our inaugural webcast and podcast. And uh, we look forward to seeing you or hearing you in the future. And we'll be back in a few weeks with a, another edition telling you a little bit more about us and all the great things we can do to help. Have a good day, y'all. Peace out.